0: ladles and jelly spoons thanks for joining us Uh, we are here uh, just on the podcast we'll turn on the Facebook and the cameras and everything in a little while Um, figured we do we do a little intro thing so we're gonna do a little bit different uh, so we can finish our coffee and uh, I'm not gonna finish it before I turn on the camera but anyway welcome to truth love and peace I can't remember what episode we're on, thankfully. Uh, We're that far. I think this is 30-31. My guest today is, I'm going to call him the infamous, Zeke Buchholz. Infamous? I like it. Why am I infamous? Is that correct? I don't know, because you seem like you should be infamous. Do I? You're a funny bartender that works at a a place called the Blind Mule in Mobile, Alabama. Like a keeper. You you deserve some kind of infamy.
1: (coughs) I'm sure somebody (coughs) thinks of me in some sort of infamy. I used to be known. <clears throat> I had a joke that I used to do <coughs> every time I got on stage about bukakis, So I was known as the bukaki comedian around. I think that's kind of can be translated into uh,
0: some infamy. The bukkake. Come this way a little bit for me. While, while we drop stuff. Yeah. Stuff. While I'm, I'm dropping things off of there. Blah blah blah. <laughs> Goodness gracious. Yeah. Um, so that's where we are right now. Is the blind mule. And Alfred's just walking in. Hello, sir. What's up? What's up, here? Spectate while we podcast?
1: Sure. You should.
0: Spectacast. <laughs> the Spectacast. Yeah. I just,
1: uh, they just brewed, brewed some there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they. And it's delicious. It's good old community. So we're here for the early open mic, uh, or for the open mic, on Wednesdays at the Blind Mule, which you've been running for how long? I don't want to say I'm
1: running it, but I mean, I've been uh, bartending it for a year and a half, and I hosted for a year before that. So it's been nice. two and a half years, I'd say, that I've been heavily involved with it. Well, heavily involved, I came out, I've been coming out here for three years almost every week. Took three months off when I went to Vietnam, and then like a week off when I had a kid. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Those are the special occasions the sp- Vietnam and a child. The special occasions? Why in the world were you in Vietnam?
1: My sister lives over there. She uh, Well, she oh. did. She just actually recently moved to New Zealand. Fucking, She's lucky. Uh, so she was over there for a while, and I got real drunk, and I was upset with myself. So uh, Catherine was like, you should uh come to Vietnam. And I was like, yeah, dude, I'm going to fucking do it. I'm just going to leave. And then I woke up, sobered up, and it still kind of made sense. So I had a little bit of money because I dropped out of school, and they gave me some of my scholarship money back. So, Got to kick it over there. Hell yeah. So. I got to do some comedy shows over there, that was really cool. <laughs> <laughs> they liked, uh, well there was a lot of European people, and they, Europeans liked my one-liners more than the Vietnamese people, they, there was a little bit of a language barrier there, because it was messing with the English language, mm. so they just liked it when I cussed, they were just like,
0: ah, <laughs> he <"I> said fuck. <laughs> Funny. Funny white guy. Cousin. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> I did it like for some improv Vietnamese improv show. I was, I did like fifteen minutes. Of
0: <laughs> well, I tossed this up on Facebook. So hello, Facebook Live. Hello, um, Facebook Live. This is Zeke, and we are are podcasting our little hearts out here on Truth, Love, and Peace. I got a big and, heart. Um, I got a big heart. Pulmonary <laughs> problem. <laughs> I don't know if you uh, if you have. Facebook on you and want to share uh, but that's what I'm going to be setting up. For those of you joining us on Facebook, this you've got to go back and listen to the podcast to figure out what we were talking about but um, Zeke's sister uh, I'll give you that much uh, Traveling, nothing weird Yeah, nothing weird, nothing too <laughs> weird it's Vietnam, how did he end up in Vietnam yeah. but that means you you also mentioned that you just took some time off for the baby. I don't know yes. the baby's name yet It, it is What's
1: Arthur Elliott Buckles.
0: Arthur Elliot Buckles. Yeah. How who who are those people in relationship uh, to you?
1: Arthur Raquel, my fiance, is uh, Brazilian and her uncle and her grandfather are both art, Arthur or some shit. I'm bad at saying it, making it sound Brazilian y, so it sounded dumb, so we're like, all right, Americanize it, Arthur. T. S. Elliot was uh, my grandmother's favorite poet, and she died recently, so it's kind of like a shout out to T.S. Eliot through my grandmother, or my grandmother through T.S. Eliot. Nice. Very cool. Absolutely.
0: What is the, what's the blind mule, what is that? Red
1: beans one, two. Should I go get my phone? Nah. That's okay.
0: Share it? Okay. Oh, if you want to, yeah. yeah, do that real quick. Yeah. And I'll get the, uh, this last plug in. So, Wednesdays at the Blind Mule, for those of you listening, um, for those of you on Facebook, I imagine you've seen it, but Wednesdays, we get together in Mobile, Alabama, down here on the coast, at a little place called the Blind Mule, and have an open mic, and it's been going on for about five years, from my understanding, and I, uh, Zeke's been hosting it for about one, and that's that's why we are here early is to get into that whole well, host the host has been Ryan Adams for the past few months right you said you did it for about a year though right
1: yeah yeah before yeah,
0: gotcha. yeah like a couple years ago I don't know how to get to it uh, it's on Compton Smith okaycom Compton Smith Facebook facebook.com mm-hmm. this my professional page I sometimes Wonder which one I should put it on and which one I shouldn't. It's on the the other one, the page. Uh,
1: wait, T. L. That one or uh, Compton? Compton oh, yeah. Smith.
0: Yeah. yeah. If anybody's wondering, all of the podcasts for Truth, Love, and Peace, you can find all of the new ones on my professional page, which is Compton Smith. No J. Correct.
1: Gotcha. What's the J for?
0: Uh, James is my first name. My that's full right. name is James we, yeah, Compton right. Smith.
1: Okay, yeah. yeah.
0: James Compton Smith. Mm-hmm. But, Which is boring. No. Uh, I went by Jim Smith for 30 years. So I figured I'd spice it up a little yeah. bit. That's why I go by Compton now. Well, I don't we, think I've ever told that story on No, this. we talked we we, we talked no, about it. No, I mean you. on, on oh, the on podcast, oh, so yeah, I'm glad yeah. you asked. Yeah. Most people <laughs> listening are like, How yeah, does this guy's well, Compton, Compton. It was lots Yeah. Uh I don't see it. People uh, just type in let's do a little experiment. Here's a, a good one for you. Type in uh, truth. Alright, in, truth into Facebook. If you go to Facebook, the legend is if you go to Facebook and type in truth.
1: And just search it? Mm, yep. Compton.
0: That's your that's the one. Oh, that's not the page though. Go to pages and see what comes up.
1: Oh, we're
0: going this way, aren't we? Wait. Yes. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, Marshall in the background is orchestrating oh, things and making things happen. No, man, I, I'm, I'm here to- we're glad you're here. Where's it's not, Marshall's supporting us. I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it. Oh, that's, sorry, just pages, Compton, truth, something like that. No, there was, a friend told me that if you search truth, it comes up. That's it right there. Right at the top. That's Compton J. Smith again. Oh, maybe you gotta click on pages
1: again. Yep. Yes. Oh my God! Why was that? I'm not good. So not complicated. Technically... I know it's Seven. so
0: complicated. Facebook won't let me change it. So, but that's that's where all of them are now. They're on my professional page. Is this me? That's that one viewer? Hey, uh, me. You are now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. That was kind of that's kind of crazy. The down the wormhole of Facebook. Yeah.
0: All right. And then.
1: Well, I don't know if I've told oh, you this. You go by Compton, but my my name is William Tucker Buckholtz, and I uh, my parents have just all, or my family everybody's always called me Zeke because it's like a family. My uh, both my grandfathers died when my parents were real young, so they uh, wanted a name, wanted to give a shout out to them, but their names were Alvin and Albert, and they didn't want to name me Alvin Albert Buckholtz, which I'm down with. And when <laughs> when uh, Albert was about 16, he ran away from home, hopped trains, lied about his age, and joined the Air Force, and told everybody to call him Zeke. So they gave me two other family names and called me Zeke. Nice. Yeah. So, so Arthur Elliott could be even like, we might just call him like Ted or something. It just, <laughs> it doesn't matter in our
0: family. But see, that makes me all the more jealous because that means you basically came up with what I missed and my brother got, which was four names. Oh, yeah. I only got the three. Yeah. And my brother is... I don't, I'm not going to say all of them since this goes out into a lot of places, but he got four. It's like, you bastard. Yeah, <laughs> like, you get to pick. That might be too many, though. <laughs> how many syllables is it, is it a lot of syllables? Or Lots. It's a mouthful. Yeah. Like, you have to stop what you're doing <laughs> and say it. <laughs> hey, where's
1: him and the Gabba to do it? That's how important
0: he is. Uh, but when he had his kid, um, his, his first kid that was one of the jokes it Was like, whatever you do give him four names yeah. and then he didn't do it and it's was like what the hell and he said it's a pain in the ass for monogramming <laughs>
1: yeah things. monogramming what that's the it's reason like, really that's
0: exactly what I
1: said just choose one of them just <laughs> choose one of them
0: so where were all those folks in your family from where are you originally from here in Mobile or yeah or? Mobile born and raised huh? born and raised I grew up over in uh, what was it Timberley like out there, Cottage Hill. It's oh, a okay. road. Out yeah. That way. All right. You how grew about, up there. How about you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I grew up on Hollinger's Island down by uh, the Dog River Bridge and stuff. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Went to uh, to this is going to sound horrible. Um, Saint Luke's. I went to Saint Luke's. No shit. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I graduated in like '95. I think it was. Really? I, well, was it high
1: school when that, you were there? No, it wasn't a high school. I I graduated or I guess graduated or left it right before they turned it into it or had a, added a high school to it. We, I think, yeah, whatever they were paying for St. Luke's with, decided to stop paying for St. Luke's with. I went to Phillips for 6th, 7th, and 8th grade, and then went to yep. Murphy for high school.
0: Heck yeah, man. I'm Saint jealous,
1: because my sister got to go to Old Shell Road, and it was like a performing arts school, and she's not even doing anything with performing arts. She wants to just feed goats for the rest of her life, what? which is cool. I mean, whatever. Own some goats. Do your thing. But She also got the middle name Shropshire, which is like a family name. I named my band that actually in high school with Carson and uh, <laughs> Julian Truckson. <laughs> what kind of music did you guys play? We uh, a little bit of everything. We when we first started it, we called it Cubicle Funk because we played in like an office, and then uh, kind of punk funk, a lot of Red Hot Chili Peppers in orientation, and then we reggae. We played some reggae, we played some like jammy stuff. I don't know little country f- flares in there. We played a little of everything.
0: So. Very versatile.
1: Yeah, we're we're getting it back together too. Coming up soon. Oh really? Yeah.
0: Oh really? I uh I, I might I might have an outlet for your music. Yeah. Hey,
1: it'll be good. Pirate radio. Yeah. But like, legal pirate radio.
0: We're working on on all that parts. Yeah. Um, for for those who don't know, Perdido Key Pirate Radio is a, a project that that I worked on with a good friend of mine, Kurt Brewer, and uh, Kurt and I. One of the reasons we didn't that I was late getting here is because we've been been talking a lot about how we can bring it back and what we can do and yeah it looks way more promising i am underselling it <laughs> i assure you because uh, i am and super stoked about it um man ever since they they did the iphone thing just here's a total side note but the the iphone redo for old iphones with the batteries did you hear about this no. where they slow them down Oh, it's annoying as hell. I made the mistake of updating one of my phones. They yeah. slow
1: down the battery? Yeah, they slow down the batteries. It's nonsense. Uh, one of my phones. I wish I could
0: say that. No. Nah. Well, <laughs> they're old. I got my hands on some old ones because I needed portable computers. Yeah. So, there you go. Uh, so, there, I shared it to my timeline, which is apparently what I should have done in the first place because now people know to come join us. That's where most of my fan base is. That's why we your personal page. Filling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so that's why we do that. But all that being done, I can help. Fuck. I can't wait to hear the music. Is there anywhere we can go listen to your band's music?
1: Oh, uh, we have one video on YouTube from 2010. We were like 15 years old. We played Bayfest. Remember Bayfest? Yeah. We played Bayfest and Mod no Billion. Uh I don't know what if you're still was around. This? 2010.
0: 2010. Yeah. I was not around I just had this vision Of you being on stage And me being at Bayfet Yes it's been <laughs> great, <man. laughs>
1: Well, well you were at My elementary school Right after I was born <clears throat> No Again? No Cause I would've been Yeah No yeah
0: 95 Was my last year there Yeah I was born in 94 Yeah Wow Thanks You're welcome Without saying a word Look
1: at look at how much Beard growth you got in I all know that <laughs>
0: I started late, too. It's a shame. Is it? It's a shame. I started as soon as I could. I got out of a coat and tie job and decided I had never seen my beard a year long, and so I grew it out. Have you seen your beard a year long?
1: I, I don't have the patience for it. What? I, like, I I don't know. It gets to this poofy part, and I'm like, ooh, that needs to go down. It makes my face look... I already got like a round you face, you know, so just, it makes it look even poofier. You just gotta plow ahead, man. Plow ahead?
0: You just gotta... Plow ahead, something. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Had to break that
0: barrier. You should, you should try it though. It's yeah. good. It's good to know what it feels like a year long. I want to get a. Did you trim it at all? No. You just let it go. No, just. I'm not gonna get laid for a year. Just commit <laughs> to it. I'll be checked at
1: airports. Pretty good. No, that's funny. Do you get checked at airports for being a Scottish terrorist?
0: My brother and I, before I wore a kilt, were in. Gulf Shores at a franchise kind of place, chicken wings, blah blah. Yeah. Two gentlemen looked at us and asked us straight faced, "Are y'all terrorists?" His beard looks a little more like Fidel Castro, but between the two of us, <laughs> <laughs> we look like terrorists. All right. <laughs> at least in in Foley or wherever. Yeah. We were. So yeah, people ask. <laughs> it comes uh, up.
1: Uh, what kind of what kind of weapons would a Scottish terrorist use? Uh, bagpipes. <laughs> <Just> bagpipes? <laughs> you can clear a room. <laughs> Bagpipe bombs. Feels so like a pipe bomb.
0: Uh. <laughs> uh, oh, damn. One. I can't play bagpipes well, but I can play them well enough to clear a room. <laughs> however, however How about a clearing room. a whole
1: country, you think you can do
0: that? Uh, with a loud enough PA.
1: Yeah. Sure. It's all about the technology <laughs> in this Scottish territory. at that point...
0: <laughs> hey, well, they're using sonic devices down there in Guantanamo, like in... Uh, Are they? Yeah. They, they Sonic, they, like they're real fast and they're little blue hedgehogs? No, almost. That's a Fox P1 gene, which is a whole other story, how Sonic the Hedgehog became the name of a gene. Really? Yeah, really. Like in really like, super fast people and kind of blue? Uh, No, it's the relay unit. Like you need this particular gene... For a limb to extend out of it uh, in, in an embryo. So
1: everybody's got a Sonic gene. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. Unless everybody. you don't have any arms. Everybody has Sonic the Hedgehog gene. It's a genetic marketing. Anyway. Just
1: picture it like he's like running, those coins long. coming out, yeah, <laughs> building an arm. Okay. Whole another
0: tangent. <laughs> I totally forgot what I was talking about, but. Oh yeah,
1: Sonic waves, Sonic. Guantanamo. Man,
0: that's so many things in my head. You <laughs> said Sonic Waves, and I had a flash of Egyptian pyramids and shit. I had a flash so crazy of Sonic, sonic Surfing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck on the Sonic thing. <laughs> no, they pointed these Sonic cannons at uh, the embassy in Puerto Rico or wherever Guantanamo is. Where is that? Cuba. Guantanamo Cuba. Bay. Yeah, Cuba. Yes. So Cuba. Cuba. Thank you.
1: Yep.
0: And. Uh, the yeah, they, they people were complaining of headaches, and they figured out it was because they were blasting them with a the sound wave. And you can do that with sound. Like, you can disperse a crowd. Have you seen these things? They mount them on tanks now. Jesus. They've come They've well, come that far. I've seen them in, like, movies. Yeah, big loudspeakers. Yeah. They hurt, man. Like, the brown guy. Sure, yeah. that's, a, that's a real thing. It's messed
1: up. But it's not, like, a small, like, just consistent wave, is it? Like, it's kind of... Because that's what, from one of those books, old teenager books, where they or it might have been Big Brother or something I don't know they had uh, or The Giver no anyways they just had like a ringing in everybody's ears if you're like intelligent or smart or like sideways thinking they would have like a constant ringing whenever you started to think no it's in Rant by Chuck Palahniuk or not do you know what I'm talking about though?
0: Harrison Bergeron a yeah, yeah, yeah. They wear these headbands, and the lowest common denominator it makes everybody stupid. Rant is the neural implants where you can plug in to the back, and you can share somebody else's neural experience. That's right. Talk about okay. yeah, yeah. That's one of my. We, we could talk about that for two fucking hours. <laughs> the oral biography of Buster Casey is one of the most incredible books of all time, and Chuck Palahniuk is fucking amazing. Oops. But I think you're thinking of this this book about called Harrison Bergeron or something, where. Uh, it's kind of like Algis Huxley Utopian Yeah But they all have to wear This thing Yeah And it makes yeah, them yeah. dumb
1: Well it's not They don't all wear it In this one That I'm thinking of. I think it's just like If you're tested For being extra intelligent Maybe somebody ripped it off of And they make it dumb I,
0: Well I think a lot of people Have told this story That yeah. the lowest common denominator Keeps everybody happy Fair enough yeah. like it, I think that's an archetype Somewhere Joseph Campbell talked about it Um and then I forgot how we got on, got on that, but yeah, pe- people coming down to lowest common denominator. fucking sucks. PC culture. Yeah, that's where we're headed. It's problematic. How did we get on that? Placeholder. Cuba. Yeah, we were talking about sonic weapons. And, but I forget how we got on that. And we were talking about music and all kinds of crazy stuff. But I, the reason I can't think of it is because I really want to talk to you about comedy. Okay. I want to hear about how you got started in comedy. Cause that's what I'm trying to learn how to do right now. Get started in comedy? <laughs> I mean, you're started. You're <laughs> in it. You're doing it.
1: Well, I want to uh, get better at it. I'm learning how oh, yeah. to get better at it. I mean, that's just doing it as much as you can. And I don't do it as much as I used to or as much as I should. And I don't write as much. That's the big thing that I keep hearing from guys that I respect is uh, don't stop writing. Yeah. Just keep on writing. Keep trying things. Keep trying new things. kind of thing. But I started... When I was 18 in Tuscaloosa, my friend Nick got me into comedy. Who, uh, or he had been doing comedy, and then we got drunk on like a gallon of Everclear. He was like, "You should do comedy." And then same kind of thing. Woke up sobered up. I was like, "That ah, still makes sense." So, like, <laughs> signed up for the next open mic. Was supposed to do th- three minutes. Didn't know about the light thing yet, so did five. He was like, "It's cool, man." It was probably still one of my favorite sets I've ever done. Like it was uh, like so much like. And now I feel like I'm chasing that thing ever since then but then I took uh dropped out of school moved to DC and my mind to follow my dreams play music and do comedy and uh basically just wound up working six days a week doing improv once a week maybe and uh sleeping the rest of the time because it's so fucking expensive it's like $750 for two bedroom two bath that I split with four other people so that was mostly for that and then I came back to Mobile, was supposed to move with, uh, I went over to Philadelphia and did comedy over there a few times, and uh, that's where my friend Nick was. Came back home, because I was supposed to move with Nick, so I came back home to get more clothes and change out some stuff, and um, when I was home, Nick was like, never mind, I'm not moving, so then I got stuck in Mobile for a while, and stuck in Mobile, found Blind Mule, kind of been at that point, there was only like two people coming out at that point, yeah. and uh, there was a few where it was just me and Alfred showed up one, one of us hosted, did 15 minutes, the other did 15 minutes, and then we left. <laughs> like, I didn't even have enough jokes to like fill out a good 15 minutes. I was just doing everything. <laughs> so,
0: I think that's where I'm at. If I did everything, yeah. I have 15 minutes. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's at the beginning. And then uh, another way to... I have more material now because I'm more comfortable on stage because I've been doing it so much and I've been just letting myself talk sometimes just to kind of get into the comfort zone. Kind of get used to it, so I can continue to do it. And then I wind up ranting about something or talking about something for five minutes, and then I've got. Then it seems like I didn't have enough time, so it kind of it hits a hits an edge there, it hits
0: a pivot. I have found myself driving around on on Monday nights, just going. Where can we have an open mic? Where can we have an open mic? In, Mobile? Like Orange, in Mobile? Are you in Mobile? Are you in? Or are you in Orange Beach? I live in Perdido Key. Perdido Key. So, okay. you know the right next to Orange. Beach. Yeah. And. Just somewhere, anywhere. I'm um, at the point where I just want to get the same way. just want to get mic time, want to yeah. get practice.
1: Well, for a while we had the industry open mic, which was really cool. And yeah. uh, they had some musicians, but they were very comic friendly. So we kind of had like a comedy segment of it. And then uh, we were at a point where we could do comedy about eight times a week.
0: Yeah. did, uh, cool.
1: But they weren't it was like two of them were comedy oriented yeah the other one was just you kind of struggling through a people there sitting to wait for a, a band to play or something yeah, oh
0: yeah that's, that's not as much fun
1: I mean and but you need it build your chops though for sure oh yeah doing those shitty rooms oh yeah
0: I was in this room one night and it was cold and I could not overcome really it was cold and it was late I was telling the story earlier and I um, I couldn't make myself feel funny so there was no way I was going to come across as funny. It was an interesting thing to to, to walk yeah. through. Like, it wasn't soul-shattering or anything, but it was educational. Yeah, 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 <laughs> educational. It was educational.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's a... Uh, I don't know. You said feel funny. I like that. Because I don't, I don't... A lot of times, I don't fucking feel funny. And when I first started doing comedy, I would, like... Almost blackout and like not remember kind of exactly what happened or what went down on the specific things and I finally can now I can or I would like l- be looking at my shoes and be really into my head but now I can just like make dead eye contact with people right up front so I, did, I don't know feel funny I don't know what I was trying to go with that but a lot of times I don't feel funny I just get up and talk at them <laughs> so
0: make them laugh yeah
1: I, for a while in that blackout period I uh it's not because I was drinking but I would be so nervous. That I would throw up every time before I got on stage, no matter if it was a show, an open mic, anything. I'd throw up for like a year and a half and then black out. And then <laughs> they would be like, come out on the other side, like, fuck yeah, dude, that was, i feel great. Or i feel kind of bad. Either way, I would want to drink at that point. It was like celebratory or drown my sorrows. <laughs> but that's one thing for sure, is comedy is a kind of drinking culture. It is. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be. And I had to make that realization myself when I had the kid. Is I've kind of surrounded it around my friends and drinking, having some drinks, and then doing comedy, doing what I enjoy. But don't, it doesn't have to.
0: Well, I gave up drinking know. a year ago. You know, I told you the beard for me has been a thing. Look at that. I stole the door and, and stole the seat. I'm yeah, so used to being on this side of the microphone. Sorry. <coughs> uh, but I... Just Same as the beard. I decided I wanted to see what my beard looked like a year long. I decided since I had started drinking, I had not taken a solid year off, and so last year I decided I needed to take a year off. That's and yeah. I, I needed to put that coat on and see what it looked like. Yeah. So, so
1: has it been over uh, over a year?
0: Yeah, yeah. That was. You just didn't feel like going back to drink, or no? You just kind of. My liver is on sabbatical. It's going to let me know when it gets back. <laughs> I think I was a professional drinker. Yeah. Too young and too long. And yeah. I've felt a lot better. It makes, it It was to the point where from a physical standpoint, I just couldn't accomplish right. the things that I needed to accomplish. It didn't feel good doing it. So yeah. I needed a break.
1: It doesn't feel good. Right, well, I'll have like, if, when I get off work, have a couple shots, we get free like a couple of free drinks and a free meal. Yeah. So I feel like I'm losing money if I don't take my
0: shit. <laughs> well, I was also doing it wrong. I was drinking every night of the week on a professional level. Like
1: I had that's... been about, before the kid was here, for about two years, I'd say. I drank pretty much every every night and, and to excess every time.
0: Yeah. I got you by about a decade and a half.
1: Yeah, there you go. So... <laughs> but hey, I'm 23, so it was probably longer than, it was probably like, Five or six years ago, I started real heavy when I was like 18 or 19, and then, so yeah.
0: But yeah, I just don't think anybody can do it forever. I don't want to. I don't fucking want to. I don't want to smoke these forever hurt. either. Just hurt. I had to give that one up recently too. Yeah. I um I traded in all my other vices for more fun vices. That's right. So now I, I get into all kinds of plants.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> that was kind of always my
0: theory on it. Well, I still yeah. smoke pipe. Uh, I've, I've smoked a tobacco pipe ever since I was a kid just because my grandfather smoked it yeah. so I still have a pipe if I really really want to smoke something I can smoke that um, I don't think I don't think anyone has guessed wrong and that I'm not a pothead
1: <laughs> <So> <laughs> you look like you don't you've never smoked
0: weed before okay. <laughs> <laughs> says no one with a straight face ever
1: you've got that anti-stoner glow
0: <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Exactly. Even if it hadn't been... I think I may look like I'm past marijuana now. I think most people would just look yeah. at me and be like, that dude's been in the jungle somewhere. <laughs> like he definitely
1: does mushrooms.
0: Yeah, I got <laughs> wigs in his beard. <laughs> <laughs> it smells like fungi. <laughs> probably probably not that far them. off. Yeah. You've so
1: transcended I, all of them. No. Yeah,
0: so I replaced a lot of my vices, but there is something about comedy that, that requires an abandon, that alcohol really helps facilitate. I always equate it to shooting a good game of pool. Like, there's a certain amount of drinks that I get one game of pool that's fucking amazing. Hey, hey, yeah. Yeah. You're
1: just on it. You're in the zone. And then it's all the rails. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: like, yeah, I need to drink more to keep getting better. This is my pool juice. No, it's not. And comedy's kind of like that because people, as a fan of comedy, you have to let go and let someone else drive. Yeah, like, get in your brain and go with it. Because if you start thinking about it too much, you can find reasons for yeah. it not to be fun. and if you try too hard to
1: interject things like that are all yeah, it.
0: that's what Bill Hicks or said something like
1: that. It was uh, your material is what you fall back on. Just talk, and then whenever you run out of things to say, use your material.
0: That's a really good point.
1: So don't force it after you've been talking for a while. Just as soon as you get like that little wall, go right to your jokes that you know. Mm. So, or that you've written, not no, you don't do that shit and take to do
0: it. Yeah, that's that's one of my biggest fears is accidentally saying something that somebody else has said because I've seen so much. I was such a fan and ate it up for so long. I'm afraid to. Reg- I know I would never knowingly take somebody's shit. Yeah. I'm terrified that I'm accidentally going to regurgitate something yeah. I heard. Well, people are pretty quick
1: to call you out on it, so you'll you'll definitely know. And I mean. It's happened to me a couple times where somebody took my joke and uh, I just talked to him. And I was like, "Hey, man, like that's mine." I, like, I knew I'd heard it somewhere, so I was like, "Yeah, it was, it was me." And he did it. <laughs> I did it in the room that I am always at, so <laughs> I figured you didn't do that on purpose. Mm. I mean, why would you just take somebody's joke and
0: say it right in their face? <laughs> like, whoa, yeah, <laughs> like you are not Carlos Mencia. Yeah, right? There may have been too many shots. <laughs> and Carson
1: was talking about it. He does. Like, things that I say off stage, or, or people say offstage, he even, like, he said, I, I say brother man too much, and he said brother man one time, I was like, fuck, that was a Zeke thing, I shouldn't even,
0: <laughs> it's not me, what am I doing, <laughs> what am I doing? It just sounds like, like Zeke when I say Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. About every half hour I have to press that button. So, yeah, so the camera will record. That's good. I um it's a recording camera. Yeah, it's a fun little setup. Yeah. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I was saying, we used to do a pirate radio show from my house. Yeah. My, I say my house, my camper. And the whole idea of this came about from that, doing something portable that I can go anywhere. We have actually done this driving down the road in my car. like while I, I saw I was that. Driving. I saw that one. <laughs> I figured if Jerry Seinfeld can do it with a production crew, I can do it with none. Yeah. So we yeah. did. Yeah. And it's, it's fun because it's part of the philosophy of people will pay to see a spectacle, and the easiest way to build a crowd is to take a spectacle to a crowd. Yeah. So this is tailor-made for that. And I've seen... Have you seen Kill Tony? Uh-oh. Oh, man. Okay, so Tony Hinchcliffe... Yeah, I know of Tony Hinchcliffe. Okay, Tony Hinchcliffe does a podcast from the Comedy Store on Monday nights. Yeah, okay. they do their open mic live. Yeah, oh, a- that's
1: right. You were talking about this last week.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it makes me want to steal some good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> like holy crap, it's so much fun, and it's it, this is one of the things we were talking about with the radio show earlier. It's something that people have done for a long time, like the Grand Ole Opry. Yeah, it was one of the first examples. Yeah, and how media in the big picture has gone from this tiny little Grand Ole Opry mom-and-pop local radio station thing to the industry. And comedy, I think, may have some parallels in this. You let me know. But music's definitely gone that way. And now we're going back the other way with entertainment where it's becoming more and more personalized, independent. And so we're getting away from networks and and the industry and everybody's got got a YouTube channel and everybody's got... Netflix—they're options. They're bigger options. Yeah,
1: and all those like streaming channels, like Roku channels and CISO mm-hmm. and all those things. And that's
0: one of the reasons that I think doing stuff like this on a local level um, is oh, yeah. is so much fun.
1: Yeah. Well, also it's the first step to a national level. Well, yeah. That's if true. that's your end game. That's
0: <laughs> but th- that's that's terrifying in a way that it could get that big because I think you lose control of it. There are anomalies, well, if, but. I mean, yeah. But if you could keep it like
1: this just be in an empty yeah, yeah, yeah. bar and just not have anybody there
0: I just don't want to ever be edited that's one of the things I love about the well, podcast well yeah if
1: you can keep it like this build yeah. your own label kind of thing when know?
0: we were doing the radio thing it was the F's like always worrying like if the F's, if we get caught we don't want FCC fines on top right, of FCC yeah. fines Yeah, like, just having to worry about censoring yourself right is horrible. That's yeah. what I love about podcasts.
1: Well, that's, that's what yeah, that's what most of the podcasts do is they're not censored at all. I mean, they're mostly just
0: Way more private.
1: Fun. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Way more fun.
0: Do you ever think about how how comedy and and music those industries intertwine? I mean, well,
1: entertainment work. for one. You mean the industries <laughs> or the actual art form itself? Like, both. both, either yeah. one. Well, obviously a lot of rhythm in both of them, but uh, I- industry wise. I guess they're both kind of. Except for I, I don't know, cause comedy you kind of need to set up your own room in a, in a way and like set up a, your own way of especially on a local level you have to set up your own thing, your own show to be able to do it. Cause a lot of venues just kind of see a comedy open mic or a comedy show as like an alternative for karaoke or something like that. It's not like a it's not its own thing, you know. There's mm-hmm. there's music venues. There's no around here. There's not very many. Comedy venues, so you kind of you've got to build your own way. You got to trudge harder, I'd say, for comedy. And then in music, you just kind of bring your CD around, and or or people have seen you, and you just get booked. So, and a lot more traveling, especially in the southeast, a lot more traveling for comedy because they're so spread out. Because they are so much harder to. There's a lot more into it to keep a solid show going, all the time.
0: Well, and I wonder how how that is with the audience. Like, if there's. What the limitations of social media marketing are in in building something like because like I was saying earlier, I drive around wondering where would be a good place to have an open market, yeah. Like how do we how do we build it? So I'm I'm very curious on how how that works and what a comedy scene looks like because I would love for there to be a, a really thriving comedy yeah. scene between Mobile and Pensacola. Yeah.
1: Tallahassee's got a
0: great scene over yeah. there right now. Yeah. And you just go take some goddamn notes, I guess. Yeah. Like, what can we take? What can we, learn yeah? From those and their guys? place
1: is just in like an oyster bar with like a full like restaurant going on, and they're just up in this thing with a marquee behind them, and everybody pays attention. And It's what? a huge dining room, it's awesome, man. It's really cool. Scott Peavy over there does a great job booking it.
0: Have you done shows over there?
1: We, I did the first time we did, uh, I've only done it once, and we did it on me and Bill and Carson on our tour, and we stopped through Bird's Oyster Shack. Yeah, it's definitely really cool. And they got a lot of good comics over there, so it's definitely cool.
0: We heard Carson's version of the tour stories. Let's hear yours.
1: The versions of the tour stories. I don't know. Me and Carson got too drunk too often. <laughs> Bill's kind of just like our father figure in the whole thing. Just, except for one night, I didn't drink. And Bill got drunk. It's like, ha ah, better than you tonight. But <laughs> No, Bill did all of the driving. I'm sure Bill still kind of has like a little black spot in his heart because of us. Just because... We, got, <laughs> we gave him so much We a couple of nights Bill had to pay for a hotel or a motel we, so two people would go up because if you have three people you're not allowed to get a one bedroom thing and it's way more expensive so two people would walk up one person would sneak in with them or like come meet them at the place
0: yeah.
1: and um, we had one it was a smoking room and a motel six it was tear there was a there was a c- cigarette burns on all the sheets and all the everything like just holes in it and we just All three were in a bed chain-smoking cigarettes watching Teen Titans just for, like, a long time. (laughs) And then we woke up. We were like, we can stay up late tonight because we had driven from uh, uh, Baton Rouge. Is that where we were? Yeah, Baton Rouge. I say that with such confidence. Lafayette. Lafayette. We were in Lafayette, and we did a show over there. And we thought we had a show booked in New Orleans the next day, so we drove like an hour, got drunk, went to one of those gas station casinos, and then spent all our all our, all our money that we had made that night, which was not very much. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, Bill shotgunned a Red Bull at the, at the casino gas station. And um, then we went back to the thing, stayed up all night chain smoking, woke up, Bill goes, at like 8 o'clock in the morning Bill was like dude I just realized that I did not book a show in New Orleans we have to be in Austin in 10 hours so we need to go like
0: <laughs> so no. we, were,
1: we were like you're fucking with us right? me and Carson were like no fuck off Bill like that's ridiculous dude that's like and then even like, I didn't even look and see which way we were driving I was so tired getting in the car and I thought for the entire like two hours that they were fucking with me still and that we were just gonna like go hang out in New Orleans for the whole day but then I <laughs> looked up and then, Fuck, we've been on the road for five hours, dude. We're actually going to Austin. This is terrible. And Bill drove the whole eight hours. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) And we gave Bill so much shit for that. (laughs) Which we shouldn't have, because Bill did so much work getting the booking and getting us the places that we were. So thank you, Bill. And spent the most money, for sure. Because me and Carson brought, like, a couple hundred dollars. Like, this will make it. And Bill was like, ooh.
0: (laughs) Oh, man.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Goodness. So you haven't heard Bill's story of okay? Not yet. It's, Not it's yet. basically he was the dad and we were eating Lunchables out of a cooler.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that sounds so horrible and yet that's exactly what I want to do.
1: <laughs> we made good money in one show. <sighs> so we decided we were going to treat ourselves and go to a nice dinner in Coleman, Alabama. And uh, oh. so we found the, the lovely establishment, Logan's Roadhouse. <laughs> and we are like, we're going to drop some some cash and get some steaks and it was the worst thing in the world because it was the only time we had to treat ourselves and we got Carson's was like still red like still mooing it was oh, so, and mine was so overcooked it ruined it it was like god look we could have gone to like some barbecue shop or some shit and enjoyed ourselves but Taco Bell and dollar menu shit for, for the rest of the time after that <laughs> we actually used Carson's food stamps before we left to just go to Walmart and <laughs> kind of stocked up stocked up yeah
0: heck yeah man <laughs> I have I've only been on one really epic road trip. And that's one of the reasons that I wanted to get into comedy so much was to do just what Break you're talking the road about.
1: and go to different places and see cool things. Yeah. yeah. That's, what, that's the dream, yeah.
0: Yeah, and be able to, to make some money at the same yeah. time. Yeah, be able to do, support yourself. Do you ever put any thought into that? I mean, uh, no, that's not tomorrow with having a kid right now. Yeah,
1: but. no, I definitely uh, want to hit the road a lot more and definitely... See it's hard breaking into the really like road work stuff. A guy I know, yeah. Brian, can comes through here every once in a while and he's he does like long tours and like just kinda himself sets them up and does really cool and he has a podcast that's doing real well. He's in Connecticut. Some Hartford maybe and uh got a podcast, I can't remember what it's called. But yeah, I just try and get all the information I can of how to But really it's it's gonna be shitty the first couple years cause you're gonna be doing basically that losing a bunch of money hitting the road just to get your name out there like for people to know you and then friend a bunch of people on Facebook so you can talk to them later and annoy them
0: <laughs> I'm totally okay with that I'm totally okay with that yeah. there are 5,000 friends of mine on Facebook that are ignoring us right now hell yeah thanks guys it's hacking me off um no that's not true um, <laughs> But that's, that's where, like, I, I know a good bunch of people in a bunch of places because musicians come in and and right, networking yeah. with those guys.
1: Everybody, everybody's got their scene in, around different yeah. cities, and you find the people that you're doing the same so stuff So what to.
0: I'm trying to concoct now is how do I leverage that network into being able to tour and do some comedy stuff. How
1: many venue managers do you have in those 5,000?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's definitely a start, <laughs> I would say. So what I'm saying is... I set all of this up to elaborately ask you if you wanted to go on the road so you can Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> I'm totally down. I need to wait until the baby
1: I feel like, I feel like until he can like stand up and maybe has like a few words. And yeah. I'll maybe hit the road for him. I don't want to do another three and a half week tour yet, but I definitely wanna hit the road for a couple of weeks and Well my
0: my idea is since I've I've got a camper and uh like I oh, I live a gypsy lifestyle. Word like I'm fucking lucky on yeah. a whole bunch of levels so so what I'm hoping to do is set it up so I've got a camper so I can drop a camper off Yeah. do a tour around that radius take that camper somewhere else and like be a drive a day's drive away
1: Are you like trying to rent a car in all these places that you're doing or just get a no, bike or what no pull the camper pull the camper Oh, it's a pool cam... Oh! Drop a camper off. Pay
0: $5 a day out. for
1: a campsite or some shit. Yeah, whatever it is.
0: Yeah. Satellite out, do as many shows as you can around that radius. That's a good idea. And then bounce around. And so I'm building my list of people that I can, can yeah. take and, and how do we network. Like, one of the goals of doing PKPR and, and doing even this podcast is, uh, is you know, now that I've have built a following on Facebook, is how do I make my friends famous? Like, people that I know that are good comedians, that are good musicians, right. that have shit that they want to get out, I am not an industry person, fuck authority, I hate all those assholes yeah, trying yeah, yeah. to censor people. And so this is my way of saying, fuck y'all, we're going to put it out anyway. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> and so all of this is building to, how can we go take over the world?
1: <laughs> and that's nuclear one, of, that's one of my ideas. We control the nuclear weapons, we control the world. Not the comedy world, no.
0: Not the comedy world? Well,
1: comedy... It's just tragedy plus time.
0: So just bomb the
1: whole world, and then after a few million years, it'll be hilarious. Well, something,
0: <laughs> something tells me, uh, what did Louis Black say about the, the current situation? Like, it's so bad now that you can't even write jokes about uh, the current state of politics because Ooh. it's just it's so abhorrent. It's yeah. not even funny. And it's so out there in the front that
1: there's, there's no... There's no Way to really twist it in a clever way. There's no need to twist it because it's
0: just fucking ridiculous. (laughs) Right, it's insane already. Fuck, did we get to this point? Yeah. Which, I so I don't know what what does comedy look like in a dictatorship. Were people telling jokes in Nazi Germany? Like, were people telling jokes under Stalin and gestures? You just had to work for government
1: officials, high power government officials. Marshall would make a great gesture. <laughs> He's got to think down. Especially in this day and age cause he, with his hip-hop set and his
0: cross dress set. Mm. I've never really thought about that, though, but comedy, like, that's just got to look torturous. Like, trying to do clean comedy in a dictatorship yeah. when there's no free speech. I don't
1: want to make this...
0: <laughs> Why well, I'm going to make
1: this comparison. It's like um, my friend Toulouse does a lot of comedy around here and he does a lot of church shows. Yeah, I could not do church shows. That would be I. I would be oh, tough for me. Man, I know yeah. it can be done. Oh yeah, I can tell him. He's hilarious and he kills it. And the other guy, uh, Square Tight, is hilarious. Like one of the best top of the head. He's quick thinking. He does a lot of
0: stuff and they do church shows. I need to hang out with these guys. I need to go take yeah.
1: This, Whenever Tag was going, well, Levels might still be going on. Levels is a uh... Where are we? one street that way. Jackson place called it used to be called Tag and they had a Sunday open mic that they charged ten dollars for a cover but like not if you are performing it was uh it's definitely a hard room to do because if you weren't like on fire the whole time they'd cut the music and boo you off stage I'm in yeah that's
0: that's what I need yeah I'm all about a trial by fire <laughs> like rising to the occasion it
1: gets tough after a little while like I've probably done it I don't know like forty times or so and I've killed maybe three done well maybe like age and the rest of them got kicked off stage after five minutes because you got to be high energy in this moment like you have to challenge them to shut the fuck up and like listen to me because <laughs> i had oh my like i'm a little more laid back as a comic so they were just
0: walking around you. yeah
1: yeah <laughs> well i mean it's fine i can say the things back but it was just like if i had to do a bit like i don't know if you've seen my bit where i repeat myself over and over again in like a in de- called the deja vu joke I did that one this lady goes he's going to do it again and again and again and I was like on the second time I was like fuck dude. and she had already seen it that's why because at that point I was doing like a lot of the same jokes over and over again because I was scared to step out of it mm-hmm. so, she just <laughs> called my shit I was like i seen him does it again and again
0: <laughs> damn that's cold
1: but when I killed there it felt amazing yeah There was one, like, they don't necessarily have a time limit. They just kind of kick you off whenever they feel like you're done. And uh, I had gotten, like, 15 minutes into it. I literally said, which I shouldn't have said, now I know, but uh, I said, I'm going to do one last thing or something like that. I know, I shouldn't have said it, but I got halfway through that joke, and then he cut the music on me. I was like, dude, I just did 15 minutes, and I was killing, and then you had to cut it, like, 30 seconds before I was done. Like, I would have, ugh, man, just soured the whole grapes.
0: Yeah, that's. I learned that lesson. If you ask how much time you have left, you have a minute. Well, <laughs> I didn't ask how much time I had left. I was just like, I'm gonna do one more thing. Like, this is my last joke or something like that. Definitely like a newbie
1: thing to say, but they uh, cut me off. It's <laughs> like, what well, fuck, dude? You just let me do it. It's principle. And I talked to him, the DJ, DJ Tech. I was like, what happened, man? And
0: they're like,
1: the host, he was just being mean. I was like, All right.
0: <laughs> man, at least he's honest Yeah, yeah Well the, the, honest.
1: the host said That it was DJ Tech That cut the music Like Tech was tired of it I was like Talked to DJ Just like Nah man What do you <laughs> <mean>? <laughs> <laughs> Some collusion oh, man. That's great
0: Going in Going on That's great Just pitting each other Against themselves yeah.
1: Man
0: <laughs> That sounds really fun though I um Like I said I, I like the challenge Yeah uh, Trial by fire a good way to go but I think you have if you've never gone through that because I'm like you I'm a laid back comedian and if you've never gone through something like that you don't you don't know what it feels like yeah and if you don't know what it feels like I mean yeah, that's not even as good as masturbating
1: yeah right because <laughs> at least not know what that <laughs> <laughs> why leave the house <laughs> why bother <laughs> god damn
0: sit around and imagine stuff all day long yeah I would love to Someone do that touch somebody
1: that was my big yeah <laughs> My, like I, my campaign—I say campaign—but I just kind of like talked about it a bunch. I was like, "We need a fun philosophy again because I—I want to just hang out and think. <laughs> That'd be dope. Yeah. I would love to do that."
0: Oh man, when do when should we do this? Let's let's imagine this right now. All right, so if, if uh, I'm I'm kind of looking for podcasts to put on this pretty okay pirate radio online when we do the the online radio station. So if we're gonna condu- if we're gonna create a philosophy podcast. Uh, how, how do we make that happen? We should just do it here at the Black yeah.
1: I thought about trying to make like a philosophy open mic, but that would be kind of weird. Oh, man. Just like people can get up on the stage and be like, I think this about things. That like, could definitely turn sour.
0: Oh. <laughs> it, already gets, it already gets I've pretty I've done sad. that. It's, it's never weird. funny. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my not funny sets turn into that. Yeah, right? <laughs> just, just thoughts. There was the TED Talk night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, when I was on in, in
1: Vietnam because I, I, I was trying to write a lot and at that point I had been writing every week and doing new sets every week That's what I used Monday that open mic industry as like my just read it out of my book like kind of feel it out see what, what's funny and what's not and then um, so I tried to keep writing I was in Vietnam but not a lot I was just kind of in a weird head so I wrote so much that was I have like a half a notebook full of just thoughts that are not funny like most of them are Sad because I, like, I was just sitting. I was going to places in Vietnam backpacking around and backpack for about a month, and I went to these different bars to sit and drink and write, and it just turned all sour. Probably
0: too much whiskey when I was like, That's awesome. Do they have whiskey over there, or is it something else? They
1: have American, well, they have like Western whiskeys, and then they have uh, Vietnamese whiskey, which is terrible. It tastes <laughs> like an old fish in a rusty
0: can. Old real rusted can. That's (laughs) atrocious. Yeah, it gets you drunk though. That's for sure. Oh God. And you
1: could feel it. (laughs) I'm sure. Immediately. Like your whole body's like, oh, that's gonna get me. Like no.
0: Like (laughs) all of the flora in your gut just dead.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Nothing's left. (laughs) It's actually just floor cleaner, but we put some brown food coloring in it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Just. (laughs) <laughs> Just a scooch. Just a scooch. Man. I would love to do a philosophy roundtable with you. I know a couple other people that would, would get into that. Yeah, it would be. I yeah. enjoy thinking. Yeah, that's philosophizing. That's kind of where the truth, love, and peace thing comes from. I, uh, being a part time philosopher, came up with a theory of motives on you know, how do you answer the question of why do people do what they do? And so, truth, love, and peace is the good and the ideal and the, the religious belief side of the, the horrible, nasty nature of reality Right. that is fear, power, and novelty. Yeah. So if you want to know why anybody does anything, it's one of those things. Yeah. And I fleshed out how the whole thing, how the model and it all makes sense in that Novelty is straight out of Terence McKenna's time wave theory and how novelty is dependent on context. And so yeah. you have the juxtaposition that enables you to find these midpoints. So you can, right. in real time, analyze, why the fuck is this guy telling me this? Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know? Well, I mean, psychology
0: too, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you t- boil all of that down yeah. into... Fear being the root of the emotion, you know, there's the emotional, the context, and and the intellect. Doesn't
1: that kind of suck that everybody's kind of just categorized? It's like, well, you're in this category, and you're yeah. doing this because of this reason. You guys are doing this because... Like, fuck, man, I want to be a beautiful snowflake. Why can't it just be <laughs> Why can't I just... Why do you have to lump me in with all these other fuck-ups? <laughs>
0: <laughs> because there are only two kinds of monkeys. Dumb yeah. ones and smart ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we're working with. <laughs> I know I want to be I want the dumb monkey somewhere else too but
1: I always say you can tell either you're sad or you're stupid so the people that are <laughs> too happy like you are dumb you don't, even, you don't even know what's going on around you man
0: that's that's very very true I've, and I've heard that put a bunch of ways because
1: it's true yeah it's somebody somebody I said that to somebody like a while ago and they put it on Facebook and <coughs> somebody was like. Mm. No, it's not true. Don't let this negativity get in your head. Like we'll line your stuff. Like, man, you're who I'm talking about. Like...
0: <laughs> oh, you either know enough, uh, or you don't. Yeah. You know, those who know can't teach and and those who don't can't learn. Yeah. It's been been put a million ways. Yeah. These little ghouly things on this table, I'm like almost high enough to be amused by this, but it reminds me of ancient insects. Like how insects used to be really fucking big and nasty. Really? And how yeah, big and nasty? Well, like huge. We're talking like six like, foot long centipedes. No. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah, there were dragonflies with like three foot long wings. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Because the oxygen levels were fucked up, and so uh, because well, not fucked up back then. There's. Was- Perfect for well bacteria. they were now yeah, they're they, fucked up compared to them they were different yeah uh, they were different and so there was a lot of oxygen and so insects were able to get really really big And there weren't people yeah. getting the, getting the tank smaller yeah. then it, you put a
1: rep put a fish in the tank and it gets yeah. as big as the
0: tank well and this goes back to the philosophy I think it's interesting that we dismiss so much and we, we dissociate from our natural condition and you can see it in things like this and and where insects have come from they used to be terrifying. And then we had them as monsters in horror films, in early films, because they were big and they were terrifying and they were, you know, these crazy insect things. And nowadays, the only time you see an insect on TV is for a fucking raid commercial. Because we have desensitized and we're fucking killing the ants and all that good stuff. You can't even pretend they're terrifying. Yeah. Unless they're like a fire ant, unless they're venomous. Yeah. Or poisonous. And then they're terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) But. (laughs) Like a tarantula. Tarantula. But you don't see insects dramatized in and, and fear like that. And so, from a philosophical standpoint, why is it that we need so much to have the shit disappear? And, and we, what's the cost of us not? Well, who's making being those decisions in, in nature? I don't know, but man. they suck, man. Yeah, <laughs> we'd
1: probably we'd probably be able to answer that if we knew exactly who was doing it. Because then we'd put them in a category and be like, "You're doing it for this really? reason." <laughs> <laughs> Bastards. You're in the bastard category.
0: Man. That reminds me of George Carlin a bit. But the bastard gory. The bastard gory. I
1: think those are the creatures oh. from the
0: Black Lagoon.
1: I think you're right. That's the goblin. Right. Swamp thing? Swamp thing, yeah. Swamp thing! Why does this guy have the moon on his head? And why? That doesn't make any sense. Why would you have the big eye right there? And too little? I guess that's the... Why, mm.
0: All of this just reminds me of of so many great old horror movies. Yeah, so many great B movies. This
1: purple orange thing going on in the the orange this looks moon straight out I of like Scooby Doo. Yeah, straight, straight or, out of or Scooby-Doo. a gorilla's music video. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's pretty Scooby Doo, <laughs> and it's got the bats coming out at the end of the, the end of the. Uh, I want
0: Scooby-Doo. this to somehow be our our first episode of a philosophy podcast. This. But talk about it, or just a picture? I have, of it? I have no idea how it could become a philosophy podcast, but I'd be game to try.
1: And this is like those books, the anima animorphs or whatever. Remember those books that uh, mm. people morphing into animals, and it was like a flip thing. I don't remember that. One. You don't remember those? I went for a while. The... It was like the evolution pictures, but it was like a person who turned it into something else. But this is like the the different stages. <laughs> yeah, was, I can buy that. Freaky, that kind of. What oh, does it have a tail? I it. a, or, no, it's a head? Is that a head? Is That's that a dragon. Head? It's like a Loch
0: Ness monster. There's way too much going yeah, on. Yeah, this d- is absolutely ridiculous.
1: <laughs> they, they, nobody can see what we are talking.
0: Enough about this goddamn table. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's throwing up. Blood. Yeah. He got punched. He did. He definitely got punched. Start. That's what I wish I could have been on tour with you guys. Yeah, it was I fun. would have loved to have been flying. It would have been car. super uncomfortable. Some kind of then. animal that didn't have a nose. Yeah. <laughs> that was true for when he took our road trip. He didn't want to smell any of us. Yeah. It was a funky situation.
1: Yeah, it's like so, the, the greatest thing is getting a shower on the road. Yeah,
0: no kidding. <laughs> so, aside from babies and, and comedy and your former music career that's soon to be revitalized, and I still can't remember how I got on uh, Sonic Sonic pain and Guantanamo Bay down in, in Cuba but uh, all of that aside what have we left out in regards to the, the backstory of how you got into comedy and music and all that good stuff? Yeah.
1: I mean, I guess it starts in my childhood, like being the center of attention and writing. It starts right in
0: starts <laughs> your childhood. Okay, yeah. David Copperfield. <laughs> I am born, I grew up. Well, were you the funny kid? I was, yeah. Yeah? For I a while, a and, and then I was uh, and then I was terribly shy. Really? Yeah. How long? Like, when were you terribly shy? And Middle school was about when it started. Mm, you know, puberty. Yeah, exactly. Girls. That's
1: what, yeah, definitely, 100%. Yeah. And, and lots of acne. <laughs> right there with you. Yeah, that's what I, I I say, that you figure out what your uh, weaknesses are, or what you really freak out about in high, in middle school, and the rest of your life is just trying to compensate for those things. <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> How did you come up
0: with that? Because that's what happened to me. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, but... Been, I'm, I'm trying to find a good example from my middle school experience. <laughs> But, uh, give me an example of that. Mm, like something in, in middle school. The first thought is smacking a girl with a loaf of bread and running away going, uh, is that Craig Ferguson who <laughs> did that joke? I don't know. Somebody else did that joke where, you know, you don't know how to flirt with a girl, and so you just smack them. <laughs> Hit them and run away. <laughs> run away. <laughs> See what they do. I See like if they're kind it. of like, ooh, I like that. <laughs> See who fights back or something. <laughs> I don't remember what we were doing, but, uh, yeah. but it was... It was wildly amusing. Yeah, my memory's bad. I think I blocked out most of that. (laughs) But I'm trying to think if there's anything else I was chasing from middle school. Um, So, for me, that's true in the trying to overcome the stupid thing. Like, uh, not that anybody ever told me that, but I had a lot of people trying to help me to read better because of dyslexia and learning disabilities and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, Tutors. And so maybe that's the thing that I've always been out running is trying to, because I have this severe allergy to stupid people, and I'm really angry that I grew up and realized that all these people that were supposed to be helping me... Were stupid?
1: Yeah. That's why I dropped out of school. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's no
0: fun. I think school's gotten jacked up, though. Like, I was a C student at best throughout school. I did great they in school. They didn't offer me shit.
1: But I had to keep going to different therapists because I was weird, but they gave me some drugs, and it made me good at school. So. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, what drugs were you on? Ritalin was my first.
1: I, I, I went through a Ritalin period, Vyvanse Focalin, which was something was supposed to help with a couple... It was like a research drug at that point. Yeah. Like, it had just come on the market, and I... I don't know. I hated taking any kind of medicines because I was just real... Quiet and felt kind of fucked up too, because they. I think I played it off that I needed them more than I did, because I was kind of. I knew what they were testing me for, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, dude, I'll, I'll do this." And so I kind of, and then they. Jagged me up. It took like. Huge doses of things, so it made me feel fucked up. <laughs> I was. Yeah. Going through the day, I had to pee all the time, and I was thirsty all the time. It was like a terrible combination, because you can drink water and then have to pee more, and pee and then be even thirsty. That does suck <laughs> Yeah that's, that's horrible Yeah so I stopped uh, I started selling those drugs Whenever I went to college And when I was like Fuck this shit I hate this so much But There's some good drugs I was doing Psychedelics too early
0: <laughs> Too early I don't know how Maybe not too early uh, I'm not sure if there is a too early I think uh, I think Those things find us Yeah When it's appropriate Yeah And or you end up running through a bunch of shit that you don't learn from until later. Yeah. You can look back one. Or you just do drugs and die. (laughs) That's another option. Yeah. Which is why I try and distinguish between drugs and plants. Yeah. The crazy drugs, I know better. I have an addictive personality. That would not end well. No, yeah. But the plants... I, I Error on the plant side. Yeah. Psilocybin, man. Oh, man, I shit out of some psilocybin. That's good stuff. I have uh, anxiety issues, like really yeah. bad anxiety issues, so learning yeah. everything that goes along with it. Right, that. yeah. So a little bit of spectrum, however you want to look at it. And that was one of the things that when I first got into psilocybin, which wasn't until I was 27. Okay. That it became really helpful for me. Yeah. Really, really helpful. Because I feel like now I can look back and see that the way school is set up, it's, just, it's not set up for anybody yeah. to really learn anything. It's just set up buying your time. Yeah, it's clocks and yeah. schedules. It's not education. It's go learn how to be a, be a part a, of society. Yeah, be a cog in a wheel. Yeah, that's that shit drove me nuts, man. Yeah, but hated that crap.
1: Yeah, and that's another thing people talk about Like uh, my mom really wants me to take comedy classes or something like that I'm like dude if I'd be taking comedy classes I'd be taking it from somebody that didn't make it in comedy and so then they had to revert to hey I know I, I write jokes they're bad jokes but I'll teach you how to write bad jokes yeah. like, well no I would, I would rather learn through a mentor or something like that somebody that's been yeah, doing yeah. something that I could like that, that helps me out it's like yeah you're doing this wrong kind of in like a in a life's
0: classroom classroom yeah have you had any memorable mentors in comedy?
1: I mean, when I first moved here, Alfred and Ryan were, a bit, were like, these motherfuckers have been doing it for years. Like, and yeah. Steven and Govna. So, I mean, that was my local mentors, I guess. But they never really mentored me. Govna's just like, good job. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's an interesting thing with comics. Because I welcome feedback. yeah but I don't wanna make it seem like I'm begging for right. praise. Right,
1: right, and some people will. They'll be like, dude, you see that? Like, how was it, how was it? like, ah, fine. Like, I'm not gonna give you honest feedback a lot of the times, but, I mean, unless you seem cool and I'm like, that's a thing, you could definitely work on, like, something obvious, like, get the mic out of your way, like, get the mic stand out of your way if you take it out, keep the mic next to your mouth so that people can hear you. It's easier to command a room if you're yeah. louder and clearer than them, so. But there are two different
0: schools of thought. That uh, some people think it's it's good to talk process and comedy with other comedians, and some people think it's unknown. Where do you have an opinion on that? I think
1: uh, it is helpful to workshop, I guess. But uh, every time I've tried to workshop with people, we it just turns into us writing down stupid ideas. Like some of them, like.
0: Turns into a philosophy podcast. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but then, I mean, a lot of the times it's just like I have this joke that I've been trying to, and I need like a. <coughs> Bill gave me. I wrote a stupid fucking joke, and Bill gave me a great like. I was looking for the exact adjective I needed to use in a, or not adjective or phrase, but uh, it started off. The only reason I hate maple trees is because they're so uh, fickle or something. I couldn't find the right word for that. They may pull. They may not pull. Bill says, I said it to Bill. I was like, Bill, what do I do with this? And he said, the only reason I hate maple trees is because they're so up in the air. They may pull, they may not pull. It's still a fucking stupid joke, but it's way better that Bill gave me that up in the air turn to it. So that's kind of that's definitely helpful. Whenever, I mean, if you're not bugging people too much, then and, and they feel like they can help. And Bill's real good at words. He's he's good at yeah. he's a good writer. So he's helped one. A couple of occasions been like this, this could be better. Let's Fuck
0: yeah. yeah. Well, since people are starting to get here, I will, uh, and we've been at this an hour. <laughs> <laughs> We're just fucking awesome. <laughs> Time flies. Uh, again, I hope you'll do this again. Yeah, totally. Please, thank you so much yeah, for true, joining me. And, true. um, so stay tuned. We'll have a philosophy podcast. And, uh, and a tour date coming up for <laughs> you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, that being said. Saddle-like uh tour. Hell yeah. Thanks for joining us, Facebook Live and YouTube. Alvita Zane. Peace. Uh, Love and peace, YouTube. <laughs> Smile for the camera. There we go. There you go. We'll call that our photo for the thing. And then all you people in podcast can't see us. Land. Uh, check it out somewhere you can see us, and then you'll realize how pretty we are and what you're missing. Beautiful. Thanks for joining us. Truth, love, and peace.